At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari. Presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Uh, temperature check on where we're at so far in the midst of summer. Uh, really, this dates back to the last NFL season. But so far... The betting sheet says 53% up 15 units. And I have to shout out WNBA for this because I believe that at least seven, eight units of that is just from the WNBA season so far. And I guess a little nod to the MNBA as well. Not the playoffs so much. But the regular season, fading the Lakers was very profitable. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, if you listen to the Los Angeles City cast, then you probably did. Also in WNBA news, I've been talking about this particular futures ticket for... I don't know, since the start of the season. And I finally jumped in on it because I was talking with one of the guests who will be coming on this week to talk about the WNBA, Brendan Glasheen, who is a great play-by-play host, uh, does commentary for the Connecticut Sun. He does play-by-play for the Connecticut Sun and will be joining us on Friday's pod to break down the Friday and Saturday games, so something to look forward to. Uh, But we were just talking about how things were shaping up so far, and he said, do you have any futures tickets? And I said, you know, I've been telling people, oh, if you're going to take one on the board, take the Mystics, and I haven't actually taken any futures tickets yet, which I've stated as well. And then I'm sitting here like, why have I not taken that Mystics ticket that I keep telling people that's the best value on the board? Now, I know you could maybe even look at the Mercury or even Seattle, now that Tina Charles is headed there. More on that later on. But 
I still think the Mystics are the most valuable ticket on that board. And I found them at 15 to one at one book. So of course, always find your best number. And I took it. So I took a Mystics future ticket at 15 to one. But I'm going to save the WNBA talk for later on in the show. So we'll start actually today with Angels and Dodgers. The Angels hosting the White Sox Monday through Wednesday. And then the Dodgers at the Rockies Monday through Wednesday. Guess which one of those series is going to be more interesting. You know, I actually can't tell you. I, I It's the Angels, obviously. But... We'll see, because the Dodgers and the Rockies, sometimes silly little things happen. Then, of course, we'll get into the WNBA Monday and Tuesday games, two games on each day. Finally, something that I can actually get on board with. Give me something so I can watch both games and stagger them and not have four games in one day and then no games the next day. This is what I'm talking about. Two games on Monday, two games on Tuesday. And, of course, we'll talk about Tina Charles' unceremonious departure from the Mercury and now playing with the Seattle Storm. Uh, their odds have shifted slightly. believe you could find them around plus 650 to win the championship before the Tina Charles acquisition, if you will. And now uh, at Bet Rivers, at least five to one are the odds. And speaking of that, let's take a look at the Los Angeles lines available at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Let's start with baseball here because that is where we're going to start today. The Dodgers, as I mentioned, at the Rockies starting on Monday. And the Dodgers are minus 210 on the money line here. The Rockies plus 175. The Dodgers run line, so minus one and a half runs, at minus 143. The Rockies plus one and a half runs at plus 116. And the total for this game, 11 and a half. I had to double check. I had to refresh. I was making sure this wasn't a glitch. Uh, I think this is a little bit suspicious. And perhaps there's an under to be played here. Is that possible? I don't know. We'll get into it. Uh, the White Sox at the Angels as well. And the White Sox are plus 110 on the money line. Angels minus 130. And the White Sox run line minus 200. The Angels run line plus 160. And the total for this game, eight and a half. I like an over here, if you can believe that. But we'll break that down in just a moment. Uh, also, as I mentioned, of course, you can look at the WNBA futures odds. And uh, right now, the Aces still... Heavily the favorite, understandably so, plus 100. You know what team has beaten them? Uh, the Mystics. I think that I believe the Aces only have three or four, four now losses this season. Two at the hands of the Mystics. Uh, one, I believe, at the hands of the Chicago Sky. And I actually don't know who the third one is off the top of my head. I don't think it was an expected team. But that said, if there's a team that can knock them off, we know the Mystics already know how to do that. They did it on Saturday in overtime. So, uh, which, by the way, was unfortunate if you had the under for that game like myself. Uh, the Aces, even money. Connecticut Sun are plus 350. The Chicago Sky defending champs, 4-1. to one. Oh, WNBA, they don't win back-to-back -back championships. They haven't done it since the early 2000s. Well, guess what? This could be the year. Chicago Sky, 4-1. to one. The Storm, 5-1. to one. The Mystics, 13-1 to one right here. Interesting, interestingly enough. And the Phoenix Mercury, 40 to 1. If you wanted to make a case for the Phoenix Mercury, I would let you make that case. I don't want that ticket. Uh, you can find all these odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. And of course, if none of that is your thing, there's always tennis. It's Wimbledon week. And Bet River's online sportsbook is your go to sportsbook for all tennis related betting. Uh, today through July 4th, place a $25 wager on Wimbledon at Bet River's online sportsbook for a free $10 Bet River's live bet to use on any Wimbledon match. Just log in to the Bet Rivers app, and now you can even live stream tennis matches right from the Bet Rivers online sportsbook. Pretty cool stuff. Don't you guys love sports betting? There's always something new happening. Uh, before, also, I didn't even preview this, but I wanted to talk about the Rams quickly before we jumped into the baseball. The LA Rams, man, we have so many cool teams here in LA. I can't get over it. 
to win the division for the Rams right now at plus 125 at Bet Rivers. Find your best odds, but those are pretty good. Getting plus money here on the Rams, who are, yeah, the favorite to win the NFC West. Now, you could absolutely make an argument for the Niners and Shanahan, especially as their history with the Rams, and I couldn't really uh, dispute it much with you. But the NFC West overall is, is actually pretty dicey, at least compared to years past. Obviously, the Seattle Seahawks traded away Russell Wilson. They have Drew Locke and Geno Smith battling it out for the starting spot. And then Arizona could have kind of like a discontent malcontent Kyler Murray perhaps as he's kind of get that new contract in order and then no DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the season due to his PED suspension so uh not to mention that they lost Chandler Jones and Christian Kirk in free agency so it seems like a good time to look to the Rams if you can find them even at plus money and like I said the Niners are plus 160 at Bet Rivers so if you like that better Absolutely, go for it. But this is the Los Angeles City Cast. So in the spirit of that, I'm going to say Rams to win the division at plus 125. Why not? Do I like to lock my money up like that for a whole season? No, but you might. So go ahead. Uh, the Dodgers, let's get into that. They beat the Braves on Sunday 5-3. to three. They won two out of three of those games. So that was nice to see them get up for a good opponent. And now we'll see how they perform against the Rockies Monday through Wednesday. Uh, like I said, they're going to be a minus 200 or greater favorite in this game and probably in, in most of these games this week. The Rockies are 31-42 and 42 right now. They lost two of the three games uh, that they played most recently versus the Twins. And now they're facing the L.A. offense that is, what, first in the league? Pitching staff is second. It's just a wealth of riches on this Dodgers team, so it's really just a head-scratcher when they don't win every single game. Uh, on the mound for the Dodgers in this one, Tyler Anderson, 8-0 record, ERA of 3, and his XFIP of 3.86. Quick, teachable moment, uh, XFIP, because this is a stat that I didn't – Lean on very heavily when I was looking at my baseball pitching, handicapping, if you will. And again, take that with a grain of salt because I will not say that baseball is my strength. I'm here to provide you guys the information you need to make more informed bets. Uh, but I will definitely say baseball is not my forte. But that said, that's why we always have great guests come on to talk about it. Adam Burke will be here on Wednesday's show to talk about the Dodgers and the Padres and all the other good stuff coming up over the weekend. But that said, XFIP. Expected fielder independent pitching and Ben Wilson, who was on last week to talk about baseball, had a lot of great nuggets. That one's still worth checking out, by the way. That was last Wednesday's show, I believe, because uh, lots of great nuggets that were actually kind of evergreen weren't specific to the matchups too much. But Ben was talking about how he relies a little bit more on XFIP for pitchers than even, say, WHIP, which is what I like to look at more than ERA. But when we take a look at what is XFIP, again, expected fielder independent pitching, it's just estimating a pitcher's performance based only on the events within their control. So strikeouts, walks, hit by pitches, and fly balls allowed. Uh, so when we see it at 3.86, that's what we're talking about. Uh, in his last start against the Reds, Tyler Anderson, of course, he went five innings. He's averaging about five innings, and actually so is Chad Cool, who's going to be on the mound for the Rockies. Uh, he gave up five hits and four earned runs in his last outing. So... That's where he was at. Uh, the Rockies, as I mentioned, Chad Cool on the mound for them. He's got a 4-5 and five win loss record so far this season. ERA of 3.95 and his XFIP at 4.61. So again, his performance based only on the events within his control, as you can see, quite a bit higher than Tyler Anderson's. Not to mention the Rockies are 0-4 in his last four starts. And his latest start against the Marlins... Five innings, gave up six hits, and four earned runs. Despite this all... 11 and a half as the total. 
I lean under, but you know what I like better? Rockies team total under. I like the Rockies team total under four and a half. Uh, I know that we're at the Rockies here and something that I don't include a lot in this handicapping because, again, we are in Los Angeles, so when we have home games, uh, it's beautiful, perfect weather usually. But we know that Rockies Stadium is known for being able to carry balls a little bit further, et cetera. So I know that that's why we're also seeing such an inflated total here, among other reasons. But I still think we could see the Rockies team total under four and a half. The other thing you might want to consider is for whatever reasons, the run lines on these games have not been particularly successful always with the Dodgers. So if you wanted to look at like Rockies run line, I would say why? There's so many other things you could bet on the board, but it's there if you want it. I do like Rockies team total under four and a half. You can get that on bet rivers at minus 109. Not terrible. Not terrible at all. Now let's look at the Angels who lost to the Mariners on Sunday two to one, but that was not even uh, the headline of what happened really. Tensions were high, needless to say. So warnings were actually issued to both teams after the angels andrew wants on the uh mound threw a 92.9 like let's round it up 93 mile per hour fastball behind julio rodriguez on the first pitch of his at bat in the first inning like we just kicked it off with a bang uh, the angels obviously were not happy about how a pitch the day before had gone on saturday it was like a 95 mile per hour heater eric swanson threw and it was close to mike trout and mike trout had comments after that said hey if you can't throw an inside pitch then don't because uh definitely don't throw it near my head so i think that's fair but the angels understandably not happy about that and needless to say this led to quite an altercation the benches cleared uh, anthony rendon shoved jesse winker in the face with his left hand even with the cast on his right arm it was really enjoyable video to watch i highly recommend go check that out uh, but after all the skirmish was finally over it felt like it took forever it was the longest one i think it delayed at 18 minutes which was like the longest delay, I believe, since back when Nevin, their current manager who's taken over after Joe Madden's firing, uh, was a catcher for the team, believe it or not. So involved in both of these. And uh, after all was said and done, both managers and six players were ejected. That's, of course, Los Angeles interim manager Phil Nevin and Seattle's Scott Cervais. And then uh, the Angels lost Wants, who was on the mound, Iglesias, who <laughs> was throwing all kinds of assortment of things, sunflower seeds, bubblegum, whatever he get his hands on. Uh, also, Ryan Tapera and then Winker from the Mariners, Rodriguez and J.P. Crawford all tossed. So I thought it would be fun to rank... The Angels' embarrassments for the season because it seems like we have new ones every week. Let's start with the 14-game losing streak. I think that should be number one. And then, of course, there's there's Joe Madden getting a mohawk to awaken the team. Okay. There's a lot of ways that we can turn a baseball season around. I don't know if a haircut is it, but we'll never know because the Angels ended up firing him before he could show it to the team. That's pretty embarrassing. I'm going to give that number two. And then three, Rizel Iglesias throwing an entire case of sunflower seeds and a bucket of gum too, hopefully non-chewed gum, towards the Mariners dugout after the Angels Mariners brawl. Like it, it, like towards the dugout, <laughs> it didn't even, it didn't, um, it really just sounds like a mess for the cleanup crew. I hope he stayed after to help. And finally, uh, the night that the losing streak hit 14 games, if you will remember back with me. Every Angels hitter used Nickelback as their walk-up song as a way to kind of change the team's mojo. Every single one 
Nickelback. Now, I put this in fourth because I actually like Nickelback. I don't I don't know why they get so much hate, justice for Nickelback, but uh, nevertheless, I do understand that that can be a little bit embarrassing. So there you go. The Angels embarrassments from just this season ranked. Bright spot, though, for the Angels. Uh, Shohei Otani, no other player in MLB history, has recorded the kind of performances we've seen from him, specifically these back-to-back -back performances last week. Otani struck out 13 batters in a 5-0 win over the Royals last Wednesday. Career high for him. In less than 50 starts, by the way. It's his 47th MLB start there. And then allowed just two hits in eight innings while retiring 23 of the 24 hitters he did face. That's un unreal. It's unbelievable that we get to witness this. And then the fact that that came one day after he hit a pair of three-run homers and earned a career-high eight RBIs in an extra-inning loss. Hello. Lost to Kansas City. They still lost. They lost with that performance. Uh, nevertheless, Shohei shines on. It's unfortunate they are, I'm going to say it, wasting this player in his prime. And you could say the same about Mike Trout, unfortunately. But nevertheless, he did become the first player in MLB history to record a 13 strikeout game as a pitcher and an 8 RBI game as a hitter. That, of course, according to ESPN Stats and Info. So, at least, you know, if you're an Angels fan and you go to these games, at least you have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout to look forward to. I don't know what, I, and maybe like some stray sunflower seeds or bubble gum will, will fly up into the stands. Who knows? Uh, that said, the Angels now hosting the White Sox Monday through Wednesday. The White Sox, of course, earning uh, a 4-3 to three win over the Orioles on Sunday most recently. They're only averaging 4.14 runs per game, which is 21st in the league, just to give you a frame of reference. Uh, the pitching's also been a major issue. They're giving up 4.58 runs per game. And uh, Luis Robert has hit seven home runs and driven in 36 RBIs. I also don't know if he, what if it's just Robert? I assume it's Robert because everything must have like a little bit of a flair with the baseball names. Uh, meanwhile, the offense overall has just been an issue for the Angels, which is probably shocking after the Shohei stats that were just listed. Uh, but they're only averaging 4.23 runs per game, which is 20th in the league. So one spot above the White Sox, as I just mentioned. And yes, Shohei Otani and Mike Trout are both having huge seasons. But outside of them, not really a lot going on. Now, shout out to Mike Trout, 22 home runs and 45 RBIs. But uh, even he... Cannot save this Angels team, it seems. On the mound for this game on Monday, Noah Syndergaard, 4-6 record for him when in loss and an ERA of 3.86. Lucas Giolito, 4-4 four four record, ERA of 5.4. Uh, most recently, Syndergaard gave up five earned runs and allowed eight hits in seven and a third innings pitched against the Kansas City Royals on Tuesday. So to be fair, that was a little bit more than he probably should have gone. He's been not averaging that many. Uh, Giolito's most recent timeout was on Wednesday against the Blue Jays. He threw five and two-thirds innings, gave up seven earned runs, allowed 11 hits. And he's only pitched against the Angels one time this season. It was a six-inning sample here and had a 4.5 ERA in that sample and a 1.33 whip. And his opponents were batting 3-0-4. So you already know where I'm going to go with this with the Angels. I lean over 8.5 at minus 106, which is a little bit sketchy because, as you can see, the at least at Bet Rivers, slightly juiced to the under, at least minus 110 relative to the over being minus 106. So maybe they're trying to trick me, a little trap here. But we're smarter than the books, right, guys? Be smarter than the books. Be smarter. Uh, over 8.5 is where I would look. Also... 
If you wanted to just look at the first five, I don't think that's insane based on what we're seeing in this pitching matchup. Total runs over four and a half. First five, minus 103. Save yourself, what, three little cents there? <laughs> Total runs over four and a half in the first five. I like that. I like an over in this game in general. Uh, but let's switch to something that I am a little bit more qualified to talk about. The WNBA. That betting is going well for me. WNBA Monday and Tuesday games. Uh, plus, Tina Charles splits in a contract divorce, which is a term I've not heard in the sports world yet, uh, from the Mercury and is headed to Seattle. More on that. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Again, temp check here on the WNBA. So far this season, 54% for me, but fortunately, been getting a lot of good value on these bets, whether it's been a couple money line parlays hitting or a plus money like Friday's play. I had Liberty plus 110 on the money line, but 54%, 90 bets in to the season and up 7.6 units. So like not out of control, but we're happy with it. We're happy with how it's been looking. Uh, last week, there was a, week, a day where I went one and three and I said, never again. Just kidding. It's going to happen again. That's called regression. But we got back at it on Friday and then I was so tempted to bet a bunch of things on Saturday and I ended up only betting one thing and it was the under in the Mystics and the Aces game. And it was funny because I actually had, uh, I love when you guys interact with me on Twitter and ask me WNBA questions. I had somebody ask what my thoughts were on an over under, which again, I'm always so flattered that anybody would care, but I guess I do talk about betting for, you know, my job. But that said, they, I said 171 was the total for that game, and it got down to 167 before the game. Did I like an over at that point? And I said, not against the Mystics, because I told you guys, you know I love the Mystics defense. Yes, they're only fourth in defensive rating, actually, in the league, but that so undersells what this defense is capable of, especially with Elena Deladon in there, and even without her, frankly. It's just the way that that program is ran. So that said... I didn't. I said I didn't really like it, and I'm glad I said that because it did end up going under if it hadn't been for overtime. And let me just say, I was actually thinking about this earlier. I was, like, getting ready for the day, and I was, like, you know, doing my hair, and I was like, why don't I ever bet on, like, this game's going to go to overtime? And it's like, because statistically, most of them don't. So, like, yeah, I don't plan for that normally. I guess you could say in this Mystics-Aces matchup, there was a chance it could happen. But I feel like the games that I've seen go to overtime are the ones that I'm like, who? What? Why? Why these two teams? And nevertheless, this one actually made kind of sense. That said, uh, it would have gone under if not for that overtime. And I believe only 13 points were scored in overtime. It ended up at 173 uh, total points scored. So it did go over, but you needed overtime to get there. So I feel like that's like... That's cheating. And I'm going to give myself a, a moral victory there, even though uh, my pocket says, where's the money that we were supposed to win for that? Nevertheless, uh, I restricted myself to that one bet because I wanted to make sure that I really liked the bets I was making. Uh, because I feel like when you get off track a little bit, then it's kind of like regroup and why, what happened there. 
And sometimes it's not your fault, like I said, with the overtime or whatever. But as long as the handicap is on point, which sometimes I, I felt like in that one and three night, it actually wasn't. So that's why I wanted to reevaluate. Felt really good about the Liberty bets on Friday. Those cash flying colors, that I felt great about. So trying to trying to do that, trying to hone in on the ones I really like, which is hard to do if you work in sports betting because we're getting paid to make content here, people. But I always want to make sure that we're encouraging smart betting here, guys. Safe betting, responsible betting, right? Fun betting. That said... Speaking of fun, let's talk about the T going on the WNBA right now. Tina Charles being the T, that is, uh, who's in a contract divorce from the Mercury. A term, again, I had not heard before. But the Mercury announced Saturday that the franchise and Tina Charles had agreed to terms on an immediate contract divorce. And a source told ESPN that Tina Charles's uh, divorce from the Mercury was kind of in the making from the beginning of the season, which sounds mm, very dicey. Uh, don't get married if you're not, if you have cold feet, guys. That's the lesson here. Uh, she'd just been unhappy with her role in the offense, wanted more shots, more time, which I think is fair. I mean, if you look at her usage and also her stats, she averaged 14.8 field goal attempts per game in the 16 games she played for the Phoenix. That's the fewest since her rookie season in 2010. And her 17.3 points per game this season was her second lowest average since 2015. So definitely not using her effectively. But also it's interesting because a lot of these teams are pushing for faster paces in the WNBA, which I love to see. Grow the game. We want to see a fast-paced game. Give me threes give me buckets but I don't know if Tina fits into that as well as some other players and her style of offense is almost just more suited it's it seems like almost for like just not a fast pace not really just a half court situation so I wonder if that's a little bit of the issue but nevertheless an incredible player and a huge pickup for the Seattle Storm who already have Brianna Stewart so no shock that we saw the odd shift for the championships for the Seattle Storm from around 600 650 to now five to one Worth a play? Oh, yeah. Sue Bird's last year. Brianna freaking Stewart's on that team. Tina Charles is, what, her backup? We're going to play alongside her. Jewel Lloyd? That's a great storyline. That is compelling. If you wanted to take that, I would not argue with you. That said, if we take a look at who's winning and who's covering in the WNBA right now, the Aces are 13-4 and four straight up, 9-8 and eight ATS. Uh, Chicago, meanwhile, 12-5 and five straight up. 8-9 ATS. So we know that they were a little bit dicey at covering. I've been talked about Chicago having trouble covering. And also, Miles Ehrlich had an incredible stat that I think was actually busted the game that we, uh, the day that we previewed it on Friday. But that most of their games are decided by not double digits. And they should be in some situations because they should be one of the top two, three teams in the league right now. And so when they play a team like the Indiana Fever, who are 5-14 and 14 straight up and 7-12 and 12 ATS, they should be able to cover a big spread. But that wasn't really the case at the start of the season. That said, I think they picked up their steam. And Chicago's a team that can win a championship. Are they always going to cover a spread for you? That that I can't that I can't promise. No, uh, a team that I do love covering, uh, the Washington Mystics. I told you at the start of the show, I took a fifteen to one on them to win the championship, and I'm very happy with that. Uh, they're twelve and nine right now, straight up, and twelve and nine ATS. That's what I like to see. You guys win, and when you win, you win by the amount of points you're supposed to. It seems like at least um, they're also only seven and seven ATS, I believe, as a favorite. So. That is not as fun as when you're getting them with some points. I love a Mystics bet when they're getting some points because what? Why would you do that? Also, of course, you know, I love Mystics unders and those have been trending. Uh, Connecticut's 12 and 6 straight up, 9 and 9 ATS. Nothing too shocking or, or impressive there, really. Uh, New York, meanwhile, 
10 and 8 ATS now, and they're 8 and 10 straight up. So they're covering more than they're winning, and that's what we like to see. And they've been covering a lot. We'll get into that in just a moment. Some other fun trends to kind of notice here is Seattle's 0 and 4 ATS as a dog. So if Seattle is having to uh, get points, they've not been covering, not a single time. Dallas, 8 and 3 ATS as a dog. I bet you, I would love to know actually specifically what Dallas's record is as a road dog. I should look that up because I know that's good. Uh, Dallas is really good on the road and they're great as a dog. 8 and 3 ATS. Indiana, 0 and 2 ATS as a favorite. If Indiana's favored, no. There was two hot games they had and right after they were favored in the next game and just, no. Not this year, not this season. I'm sorry. You guys know I love the baby fever. But no. Washington 5 and 2 ATS is a dog. Again, give me that. And Chicago 4 and 2 ATS is a dog. Again, if you're giving me points with the defending champs, how dare you? Do you remember last week when Chicago was plus 8 versus uh was it the Aces? I don't know, but it, regardless, plus 8? You're going to lay 8 against the Chicago defending champs? How dare you? How dare you? Uh, the Lynx, by the way, have been on a surge. I don't know who this Lynx team is, but I know one of their players, I cannot, it's slipping my mind now, tweeted out, let's just say we had a meeting. We had a team meeting. Uh, and man, have they turned it around. They've covered four straight. Uh, they beat some pretty good talent so far. So that's something interesting to consider and, and keep an eye on. And also the Aces, yes, the prized Aces at the top of the pack, have failed to cover four straight and just got another loss in overtime to the Mystics. Don't freak out if you have an Aces ticket, but they are defeatable, apparently. Uh, Liberty, meanwhile, eight of their last ten covered. Six of the last seven covered. This is a fun, fun team to bet on right now, and that's not always the case. I can't rely on this offense all the time, but as of late, they've been looking good. Monday's game, we have Fever at the Mercury. The Mercury... Uh, are laying seven and a half. They're minus 315 on the money line. Fever are plus 240. Don't you dare. Don't you dare touch the fever money line. I, no, no. You, if there's a live situation where we're like, yeah, no, the Mercury did not show up to this game, which is unfortunately very possible, maybe. But do not. No, we talked about the fever. Come on. The total for this one, 163 and a half. So looking at this game, the fever are second in pace. The Mercury are fifth. Uh, defense. Defense. That, of course, being my Ferris Bueller, uh, Bueller impression there. Uh, neither of these teams going to be playing it. The defensive rating for the Fever is ninth. The Mercury are 12th. There are 12 teams in the WNBA. Do the math. No. Uh, the Fever are 8th in turnover percentage, and the Mercury are 3rd. So the Mercury are supposedly going to take care, better care of the ball. Perhaps that has something to do with a little bit more veteran leadership. Diana Taurasi, Skylar Diggins-Smith, etc. And the Fever are actually going to dominate... On the glass, most likely, their third in offensive rebounding, and perhaps also because the Mercury are now missing Tina Charles. But uh, Sophie Cunningham, one of the Mercury here, uh, didn't seem too upset about it, actually, after the Phoenix Mercury's surprising win, the game after Tina Charles decided to leave. She shouted, I believe, F, if you will, Tina Charles. And Sophie Cunningham has drawn criticism in the past, basically, for her political beliefs, and I'll leave it at that. And I just like to take a step out and as a fan of basketball and of just the storylines, right? Like we love watching incredible basketball, but we love the storylines, right? Give me like, who are the rivals? Who are the this? And the Mercury adds so many interesting storylines. And of course, I'm not talking about like Brittany Griner. That's not an interesting storyline. That's a horrifying one. And please bring her home at this point. Jesus. But 
the Mercury in general are just like the bad girls of the WNBA. I've said this before, and I don't mean this as an insult. I mean it as a good thing. It draws interest to me into a team, into a league, into these players. And like, I think Diana Trossi is probably an incredible human, but like, she's a tough teammate to have. We, that's just facts. You can just see that, right? And Skylar Diggins Smith, too. Like, they're jawing at each other all the time. This is not like a team that is like, understands how a team works sometimes. And. It's not surprising to me that Tina Charles wasn't really enjoying her time there besides her usage. And then you look at someone like Sophie Cunningham, who again has drawn criticism in the past for other things, and then goes on and says like, F Tina Charles, whether it's like joking or not, like the cameras caught you. And I just, I'm here for all of the messiness is what I'm saying. The messy Mercury. They're so inconsistent. I was looking for trends for this team. There are none. Cover, no cover, cover, no cover. Over, under, over, under. We felt like playing. We didn't feel like playing nightmare uh the fever the same story in a lot of ways but the fever i will say show up every game with effort every game and that's a young team thing that's a young young hungry mentality they're 10th in offensive rating the mercury are fifth again like i said not a lot of defense going to be played here i like an over 163 and a half now this might be a touch high and you might be able to get something a little better in-game because, like I said, the Fever 10th in offensive rating because they are 12th in effective field goal percentage. That's dead last. Uh, meanwhile, the Mercury are 4th in effective field goal percentage. So the Fever will shoot a lot. They won't all go in, but they will push the pace. They will shoot a lot. So I think you'll be able to hit this over 163.5. I might be more interested in playing this live. And also, this is a game I would stay away from if you could. Well, I mean, like, do you need to play this one? No. If you want to, though, over 163 and a half. I don't hate that at all. Uh, Aces at Sparks is the one I would look at for sure. That one also going on on Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So starting just about 30 minutes after the Fever Mercury game. Isn't it so hard to figure out what, where the games are? It's such a nightmare. Is anybody else having this problem with the WNBA that's watching these games? It's such a nightmare for me. I'm like, okay, game's on. Ugh, WNBA app. No. Ugh, okay, YouTube TV, pulling it up. Ugh, okay, is it on CBS? Where is it? No. Ugh, Amazon Prime. Okay, hidden portal code into the Twitter sphere. Like, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare for me every time I have to start watching these games. And I want to watch them, and I'm actively trying to go find them. Please make it easier. Please. My goodness. That said, the Aces minus six and a half at the Sparks. What is this line? Like, I'm not trying to be rude, but what is this line? Is this the same line, by the way? I'm just realizing you guys know that I've talked about this. Maybe, maybe you've heard this. Maybe you haven't. That I went to my first WNBA game recently. It was Aces at Sparks. I went to watch the Aces, and it was actually funny because I had a friend with me. And since then, uh, who was a big friend in the NBA, uh, I said, do you want to go to another game with me? And he was like, only to watch... Uh, the black Jesus. And I was like, who's black Jesus? And he's talking, of course, about Asia Wilson. Uh, just talking about how incredible she was to watch in person. I believe that was a game that she went off to and dropped almost 40 points. She didn't do much in the second half because she didn't need to. But we went to that game and before the game, we're sitting seven rows behind the benches. I'm having so much fun just like being so close in crypto.com arena. But I'm looking at the betting app as I get there because out of a hell of a day, didn't have time to get to it. And I'm finally like, okay, this line was eight and a half or something like that and then I was like it's gonna be to ten now and now I look and it's like six and a half and I'm sitting there scratching my head and I'm researching I'm googling and the game's gonna start in a couple minutes and I'm trying to figure out why on earth the aces would ever only be favored by six and a half for the sparks and here I am yet again asking the same question and I'm, I'm maybe I'm misremembering that it was six and a half because even now it sounds insane but the point is it's six and a half for this game the aces are minus 265 on the money line the sparks are plus 205 there's no way, there's no way 
it's just kind of silly to me. The total for this is 174 and a half. I hope the Sparks prove me wrong because this is the LA City cast. I would love for a little surge from the Sparks. But it's aces six minus six and a half for me. And I don't know how it's how it's anything else. The aces are first in offensive rating and sixth in defensive rating. So we could see a high scoring game. That's why we're seeing the total so high. Might be too out of reach for me to bet even. Now again, the Sparks defense, eleventh. No, non-existent. So aces overs have been popular, if you will. But they're also inflated, 174 and a half. You might be able to get something better in game if the sparks lag in scoring as they're known to do, maybe around the second quarter. So better opportunity probably in game to get a better number on the total. That said, seventh in offensive rating for the sparks. If they're scoring, that helps you with the over. And they've been scoring lately. They've gotten a little bit back on track. But they do have Shanae Ogumike supposedly out, who, when Miles Ehrlich was on last week, said that she was out because she was covering the NBA draft. But then I believe she missed Saturday's games as well, uh, game as well. So she is questionable. Kennedy Carter is questionable with an illness. Jordan Canada is questionable with an illness. So what am I missing? Why are the Aces only six and a half point favorites here? The only thing I can think too is, is the Aces are on the start of a four game road trip. Uh, last two of them at the links as well. And you could look at how they performed versus the Mystics. This make, this line makes no sense to me. It's Aces minus six and a half and prove me wrong. Sparks. Tuesday's game. Dream at the Mystics, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Love an earlier start game. Let me get to bed early, please. I'm going to be talking about Wednesday and Thursday's game by this point. Uh, but the Dream at the Mystics. Now, these two teams have already played twice. First time was on May 20th, and the Mystics won 78-73. to Gotta love those low-scoring defensive matchups. Then they played four days later on May 24th, and the Mystics won again 70-50. to So this is nice because it kind of followed that trend, too, of teams playing back-to-back uh, -back games and the second game being even lower scoring than the first game because they've seen each other or they're tired or whatever. Uh, so that's nice to see that trend at least. But in that game, the 70-51 to 51, most recent game that they played against each other, Atlanta shot 35.7%, 4 of 21 from deep, and they turned it over 23 times. I don't expect any of that to happen again, but the problem is it could. It could with the dream, but I don't expect that to be the performance we see here again. Uh, Ryan Howard, by the way, who's the lead's leading scorer at 20 and a half points per game, and yet on the team with one of the worst, off the worst, the worst offensive rating, 12th, uh, and first defensive rating. Isn't that the dream are hilarious? They're hilarious. I mean, that's I'm not laughing at the dream, but like it's hilarious that they're dead last in offense and first in defense. What do you do with that? Like. It's pretty obvious where we need to improve. And yet, you have the Leeds leading scorer, Ryan Howard, man. But in that game that they lost 70-50, to 50, she missed all nine of her shots and was scoreless in 29 minutes for Atlanta. So that is a testament to the Mystics' defense more than, I think, a strike against Ryan Howard. Um, and I expect that not to happen to her again. That said, we're in for a lower-scoring game. Like I said, defensive rating for the Dream first, fourth for the Mystics, which I think is underinflated, frankly. The Dream are also going to be missing a couple players. They've been playing down for a while now, and since that's happened, their defense has kind of taken a backseat to their offense. They've just been trying to boat race teams and try to outbeat them. They're not going to be able to do that with the Mystics necessarily. Uh, they'll try to push the pace for sure. We've seen that versus the Mystics in the past. 
I think actually, if I'm remembering back correctly, the last Mystics game was a time where at the half there was more points scored than expected. And so the total was actually pretty highly inflated. And I said, no way this keeps up for the dream. Their offense is not good enough. And the Mystics defense is too good. So I bet the under live in that halftime and it cashed so easily, I think like 10 points under. So that's something you could look for here as well. I think we could see that easily happen, especially with the dream missing Erica Wheeler, their team assist leader. Christy Wallace and Nia Coffey, um, who were all questionable Tuesday. So in total, five players missing for them. I mean, for Erica Wheeler, it's her foot. Christy Wallace, a concussion. Nia Coffey, a knee. Uh, but in that first game where they only lost by five on May 20th, Kofi had 12 points. Erica Wheeler had 11. And both of them are questionable for Tuesday. So it's just not looking good unfortunately, for the Dream, who are averaging 77 points per game, which is last in the league. And they are 11th in field goal uh, percentage in the league, which is second to last. Uh, some fun trends about Washington specifically. First of all, we have to talk about Washington's second quarters because I know we have mentioned them on the show before, but the trend continues. Now, Mystic second quarter unders, 19-0, 19-0 against teams that are not named the Aces. So there are two times that the Mystics have played the Aces where the second quarter totals have gone over, and it's it's been the Aces both times. So if you throw the Aces games out, which is the number one offense in the league and understandable, the Mystics' second quarter unders are 19-0. 19-0. So if they're not playing the the Aces, why would you not bet that? That's such a fun trend. Again, we don't blindly bet trends, but that one's 19-0 when it's not the Aces. It's too fun to pass up, guys. It just is. Uh, Also, Washington's had three straight overs, if you can believe it, in their last three games. But one of them was versus the Aces on Saturday, which was an overtime game, as I mentioned. It should have been an under. I'm just going to die on that hill. The other games were against the Sparks, no defense. And the Storm, who have been so sporadic, quite like a storm, if you will. So, despite that, they are 7-14 and to the under, the Mystics are. And again, great defensive matchup here. I'm not sure what total we're going to get, and frankly, it's a little bit dicey because I've seen a lot of variation with the dream unders and overs as well. Mystics to cover, I don't know how big this spread's going to end up being. Let's say Mystics minus, I don't know, eight? Is that is that too much? I mean, I, I don't want eight. I'd want like seven and a half, but Mystics to cover here is where I'm going to be looking. And second quarter under trend, it's going to just keep on riding, I think. We'll see, though, because it might be kind of stacked lower because, again, of the matchup. Uh, Under could be playable at, like, 157, I'm going to say. I'm going to say under 157 or so. But we'll see what this ends up being. And, again, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to see what I end up picking. And, finally, the last game on Tuesday, Wings at Lynx, 5 p.m. Pacific time. The Wings are fourth in offensive rating. The Lynx are sixth and on the rise. Uh, The Wings are also eighth in defensive rating. The Lynx are tenth. And important to note that Alicia Gray has been out for the wings with an ankle issue. She's questionable for Tuesday. Keep an eye on that. And Satu Sabali obviously expecting to return mid-July with a knee injury. Links, no updates necessarily, except for, I mean, Sylvia Fowles back in the mix, which has been huge. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, they had a team meeting. They had a team meeting, and apparently it has gone well because the Links have covered four straight, five straight. What did I say at the top of this? Four straight. Let's make it five. I think they continue. The links are rolling. And unfortunately, I don't think the wings are clicking the same way. And with Alicia Gray out, that's a lot of offensive. I mean, Alicia Gray was averaging almost double-digit points in most all of the games before her injury. I like links to cover. I think they're rolling now. This isn't a bet that I'm excited to make. 
especially because I love this wing steam so fun. Uh, if anything, might be worth an overlook as well. But again, you're going to see a pretty high total here, possibly because of the nature of this matchup. We'll see. Lots to break into. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. On Wednesday, we will have uh, Adam Burke here to talk Dodgers and Angels and preview that Padres series between the Dodgers and the Padres. I'll be back for more LA action, of course, on Wednesday. So come on back to the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.